It's Maddie and Patty, coast to coast from San Francisco. We have Matt Youngner. Say hello, Maddie. Hey, Patty. How you doing, buddy? I am pretty damn good. And for Brooklyn, I'm Pat McMenamin. Uh, thanks to his podium game last night, Shump has earned the unsolicited honor of introducing episode two of the Maddie and Patty podcast with his playoff anthem, The Offs, uh, which I discovered earlier this week uh, in a blog that was totally ripping on the Cavs and ripping on Iman Shumpert. Sorry, excuse me, Iman Shumpert. I, this is one of those blocks I have, Matt. I constantly say Iman. Why would I say Iman? Iman? Yeah, I don't know. I literally have it, I have it written down in my notes here, Iman. Like, I know it's Iman, but I say it every right. It's, it's like what I used to say, vehement. Yeah, you <laughs> This is one of the things that I makes have, you lovable, Pat. I have these blocks. I don't know what it is. Anyway. Uh, I got to say, that joint start, is tight. That joint is tight, Pat. I was just about to say, Matt, that hook is incredibly sick. The actual rap that follows from the opening hook is, well, uh, well, I refuse to say anything negative about Trump because I love him. Uh, so that's why I didn't play it, and I'm not going to. But that intro hook, oh, we're gonna, I, we'll, we'll, I will go say a, uh, a callback to our last conversation when uh, I talked about Amon Schumper being upset with the show Empire for stealing his life. Oh, yeah? I, I did some research since then and have watched three episodes of Empire, and uh, <laughs> I think he's got a case. You think he has a case? I think he's got a case. Really? No, he doesn't really have a case. It's absurd, <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, man, I was, I was excited. <laughs> <laughs> and, and frankly, the the character, I'm pretty sure who he thinks they stole from him. I I don't like. He's a pretty weak guy. I huh. wouldn't. I wouldn't want that to be my no. the guy that's stealing from me, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> so I'll watch more and and have an updated a, a later podcast. Awesome, that. awesome. Uh, so by way of introduction. Oh, by the way, we'll, we'll paste a link uh to that song and any other songs we play, so you guys can listen to them if you don't know what we're talking about. Uh, in the comment section on our YouTube page or SoundCloud page, wherever we post this. Uh, by way of introduction, once again, we are a pair of unapologetic Cleveland fans, born and raised, uh, who spend far too much time following the Cavs. So, we are homers, yes, but we are homers with brains and eyes. Uh, now, the Tribe has won four in a row, and that is just super, but ain't nobody got time for that. We're talking nothing about the Cavs because they, are, they just seized a commanding lead last night in the Eastern Conference Finals, going up 2-0 on the road with a dominant defensive performance. Uh, Matt, dominant doesn't quite feel sufficiently descriptive of what happened. C can, I, can, I call this an, can, can I call this the Enders game? Whoa. Little little nerd alert, uh, Ender's Game, which you may know is a, a science fiction film, well, based on you know, novel Orson, uh, by what's it, Orson Scott Card, uh, where the strategy is not just to win the fight, but to win in a way that you win all future fights. Uh, yeah, and that I, remains that remains to be seen. I don't ahead. think we've reached genocide levels yet. Well, <laughs> I don't mean genocide. Early early in that book, he. He like has a kid beaten, but he keeps going. He keeps going. Keeps hitting him. They said, "Why did you, you know, hit him while he was down?" He's like, "I wanted to win all the uh, all the future fights, not just this fight." So That's I true. And, so, so, so I wouldn't have to fight him again. Now, and, the Hawks, and Pat, but, late late breaking since since the podcast started, Corver has has been deemed out for the playoffs. Get the hell out, seriously. Yeah, so that that may be true. Ooh, that changes a lot. That's brutal. Oh, that sucks, man. I, I, let me just before again. We're 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 not even into our podcast yet, but I just feel like I have to say, like I I hate all the injuries, all the injuries to every team in the playoffs. It's just so annoying. It's been especially uh, I mean, bad this year. It's been terrible. This is crazy, and I don't think there's anything that's special going on. It's just bad luck. But yeah. I mean, obviously the Cavs. We know how bad the Cavs are banged up. But you know, look, I, I will take this. You know, we'll take advantage of it. However, we get the finals, we get the finals. But uh, it just stinks. Yeah. I want to. I want to play against. The, I want to beat. The, yeah, I feel like we could beat the Full Hawks, and I want to be able to play the Full Hawks, and I want Corver to. You know, Corver's been a great year. I wanted to to do well. Uh, although we'll get to 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 you know any kind of hateability he has. This this is going to hurt the kill list, Maddie. No, oh, bad badly damages the Big kill bad. list. Um, but uh, anyway, regardless, two, it's two zero. It's not four zero. The uh, uh, sweep remains to be seen. The Hawks are still missing a ton of open shots that they hit in the regular. More about that. As we get further on, but but, but we're, we're all getting ahead of ourselves. Let's just start at the beginning uh, with the kill list. Um, again, quickly, what the kill list is, and let me know. I mean, has, has anyone on the Hawks cracked the list yet? I don't think so. I, 
Yeah, I don't think it, it's tough in games we, we, where you you win like this, and they were pretty. Besides the LeBron nonsense ISO stuff that we'll talk about later, yeah. But Matt, pretty, Matt, two pretty dominant performances here. Matt, uh, re recap quickly just for anyone who missed the first podcast. What's the kill list? So it's uh, it, I find in almost any playoff series, you begin to hate an opponent so much <laughs> that certain players on the other team can rise to the level where you. You look at yourself and say, if there were no consequences, I think I would murder this person. <laughs> every and, time you explain that, every time you explain that, it makes you laugh. <laughs> and, and in the last series, several players met that oh. standard. I think for a variety of reasons, the players on the Hawks are in general less objectionable than, than a lot of the Bulls players are and were. Uh, the Cavs have really dominated this, and it's hard to get your, your anger up when you're so completely yeah. dominating a team. So, you know, I, I think for yeah. somebody to really get – nobody's gotten there for me yet. Teague was a little close in the first game. Bazemore started to act up a little yesterday. Mm -hmm. Then he got shut down on that TT block. Oh, um, you, mean, you mean foul, Matt. That was a foul. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> that foul. Uh, Schroeder, as some of our <laughs> listeners pointed out, we maybe didn't give enough attention to. He's got a little – so weird looking. It's really like Rajon Rondo put on a wig and yeah. <laughs> like an evil wig and came out to play us. He looks like a Bond villain a little bit, but it, nobody has done anything, even Piro Antic, that sort of that flagrant foul that wasn't so flagrant. Um, no, yeah. Uh, nobody's yeah, it's there tough. yet. No, no, no. There's there, there, a couple of players are reaching the annoyance uh, levels, uh, irritation. But, you know, they say, they say familiarity breeds contempt, but uh, I think also losing breeds contempt, and we haven't lost, so it's hard, to, it's hard I, to hate anybody yet. That's absolutely um, true. I think let, we have to see, um, especially now with quarter out and Carroll banged up, I, I, I don't see the, the Hawks winning this series. That's going to be really tough for them. Yeah. And I think somebody's going to have to – the one way somebody can, can – act in a way that makes me want to murder them in a, in a big win situation is by doing some dirty stuff. So I, that can happen still. I don't see it from a lot of guys yeah. on this team. Baysmore maybe, but even him, I don't, I don't think yeah. so. I don't see I think, it right I now. Team, I think unless, unlike the Boston Celtics, this team has some class. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah my, my list right now was Teague, Corver, Schroeder, and Bays. Uh, Schroeder, sorry, yeah, Schroeder's getting a little bit in there, but you know, he's just, you know, he, he's, he's like, he's like Rondo, but he can hit three point shots, but we're still treating him like Rondo. But <laughs> still letting him like not, shoot, 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 shoot away, not, please. He's not that good a shooter either. No, he's not. We're making the right decision there. With Corver injured, this just, yeah, this is brutal. I mean, Cor and Corver was working his way on the list uh, in game two. Bunch of big flops. Uh, getting away with stuff, you know, he's starting to hit some shots and, and making me nervous. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I wonder if uh, it's just it's just too bad. I, I, it's kind of it kind of takes the spirit out of the kill list when a guy gets hurt like that. Yeah, agree. Uh, but briefly, we, we were talking about Bazemore last night a little bit. Uh, uh, do we do we like Bazemore's uh, uh, spunk or is he just a mark? Uh, for me, against these Cavs teams, he is just a mark. I, I don't know. I was feeling a little bit sympathy for him. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I feel sympathy for Marks, but like he's clearly overmatched. He's thrust into a role that he shouldn't have been thrust into, and he's just—he's just—he's just—you know—he's—he's he's trying to keep his attitude up, trying to keep his spirits up. Uh, oh, uh, let me quote from uh, Jason Lloyd's uh, final thoughts uh, uh, column and yesterday uh, and today's Akron Beacon Journal. Which, if you aren't reading his final thoughts after every single game, well. Uh, well, you probably have your priorities straight, but but you're missing you out. You probably aren't listening to this um, podcast. Probably you're not listening to this podcast. Uh, but so he, so this is uh, uh, Jason Lloyd uh, saying, he says, quote, the Hawks are done and they know it. Well, almost know it. Uh, they all, almost all of them know it. I still think we're the better team. And then he cried a little inside. That was mean, Jason Lloyd. That was, that was, I was like, ooh. Ooh, Jason Lloyd's throwing some shade. I know. Uh, but I think, I think that's also a little bit accurate. Um, uh, briefly, before we move on to uh, looking at uh, game logical order here and, and look at game one and then game two, I have a quick theory as to why, beyond, beyond the, uh, the individual players, I have a quick theory for why, for why our kill list. Uh, 
I mean, look, these Atlanta Hawks uh, are a prolific uh, offensive team. They don't have a superstar. They share the ball. They pass. They play a beautiful posture of underappreciated big men and dangerous shot of losing to a team of spare parts because uh, the other team has the best player on the planet. How, Matt, are these Hawks not the 1989 to 1993 Cavs? Yeah, you've, I, we haven't talked about this yet, Pat. You floated this by email yeah. to me. Um, so first of all, they're just starting, right? This is the first year they've really been any good. That's, Last year they true. were okay, and Horford was hurt, and they added some pieces. So they'd have to sustain this, and I don't know. They've got big free agents after this year, so I don't know if they'll have the time together to do that. Those Cavs yeah. teams were thwarted pretty consistently by the Bulls year after year in the playoffs. So I think mm-hmm. we'd have to, that'd have to happen a bunch more times. That's um, true. I don't know that there's player to player comparison, you know, like who's the there's no Brad Gordy or Larry Nance or hot rod on this team. I feel like the two of them the, the two of them are, were underappreciated in their day in, in, in the same way Millsap and Horford often are. Uh they're both good guys. Uh I mean obviously Doherty's a different different league of player. He's a true center. Uh he was like a seven footer, wasn't he? Seven foot one, something like that. Sure. Or was he six eleven? Yeah. Yeah, he was before his uh, neck surgeries. Had a bunch of three-point shooters from Mark Price, Craig Eagle, Steve Kerr at one point. Uh, you know, if it's we 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 had, we had those defensive stoppers. I, I feel like we had Gerald Wilkins for a part of that run. He was our he was our LeBron stopper. Remember that? Uh yes. After we lost uh, Harper, he was going to come back in and be yeah. a Jordan stopper. Yeah, to be a Jordan stopper. Exactly. So anyway, to me, it's like I, I know, yeah, I, I exactly. I, I see, I see the Hawks. I see just it just reminds me too much of them. I think I think that's why I, I just, I'll say it. I like the Hawks. I hope they find a way to stay together after this season. And because uh, uh, I feel like you know, I don't know. And, and look, the Cavs, the Cavs never really played this poorly in the playoffs uh, in their runs, except maybe towards the end. I think we got swept towards the end of our run by the Bulls. That was our last. Hurrah. Yeah, we had an ugly one. There was sort of a shot part two where Jordan took us out in the last second shot, but in a series that we didn't have any. Chance. It was like, it was like a, it was a I think it was a sweep shot, wasn't it? I think it was a sweep. Yeah, I, I think so. Oh god, oh mad, ah, god, just that memory just made me depressed. Let's let's talk about the first. Let's talk about, let's talk about some victories. Let's talk about fun. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> All right, so game one. Uh, <laughs> Game one recap. Uh, uh, I mean, what was the big key for you? Actually, uh, uh, before. Before we get to the, uh, the the real recap, let's let's let, let me uh, recap it this way. If you just give me one second, please. On your TV, relevant My AV skills are not up to par tonight, but uh, uh, I have no. to start. Any any conversation with Jr. has to start with that uh, awesome uh, uh, fan song by Milford Jerome. Oh, hey, you know I didn't talk about this last podcast, but I mentioned to you before, or, or did I mention the podcast? Did I mention? You did the, mention it. I did. I did. I did mention. It. I just want to make sure that Milford uh, got a shout out. We'll put a link to that too. I'll put, I'll put a link to both after we're done with this. I'll leave a bunch of comments with this stuff in there. But uh, all right, so I call this uh, Jr. Smith's NBA Jam game. Uh, yeah, that is that is accurate. <laughs> Not reproducible, but always a threat. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, that, that, that really was the game in a nutshell. Um, but let's, let's talk about JR to begin with. Uh, I, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but Dave uh, – not yesterday, two days ago, I think. Uh, Dave McMenamin got this priceless quote from JR after <laughs> yeah, the game. It's so good. Saying, quote, I'd rather take a contested shot than an open shot any day. It's kind of boring when you take, an op- when you take open shots. <laughs> oh, God, I love JR. Um, so patently absurd, but I think the TNT guys actually debated this before the game last night. They did? Is, what did they say? I mean, what do you think they said? Well, <laughs> that's crazy talk. Of course, it's better to take an open shot. You should take. I was. I couldn't believe that they that <laughs> they bit. Yeah, that they bit on that quote. That's yeah. just that is JRB and JR. Yeah. Well, but I, I love I, it. I think I think the quote belies what has made him such an asset for the Cavs, uh, even when he was not on fire. I mean, look, the truth is the reason why people believe that is because Jr. used to play that way every game. You know, yeah. uh, that was my worst fear when we traded for him. Instead of passing the open man, he take these te- he contested twenty footers, the worst shot in the game, just because it was more fun or because he was feeling it or whatever. But ever since ever since joining the Cavs, he has been incredibly disciplined. Almost all of his shots are like wide open threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his junk ball is only a bailout option with four seconds left in the clock, and it works. Like, that's great. <laughs> we want a guy who can hit those shots, and we only want him taking it four seconds. I mean, that's what's amazing about his transformation is that he's actually locked down and become, I, I mean, dare I say it, an efficient player. 
Um, and I mean, even after the game, he, he was saying that he realized he wasn't taking ideal shots, but it was just tough to pass when he's feeling it like that. And he's absolutely right. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like a winning streak. You know, you don't mess with it. Like uh, Crash Davis and Bull Durham would totally approve. <laughs> you know, when you're on fire, you just keep fucking shooting the ball until you miss. No, I, I agree with you. And he didn't do it the next game. He clearly, clearly in game two, he wasn't feeling it in the same way. And I listen, I don't care what threes he takes if he's making them. <laughs> absolutely. And as long as he has the discipline not to just go out and chuck when he can't hit anything, and in general he has since he's been with the Cavs, then it's, mm-hmm. he has my faith. He had a couple of moments uh, towards the end of his, uh, his fire streak, uh, I think in the end of the third quarter, I think. No, no, it's being in the fourth quarter when LeBron was sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was dribbling around the perimeter, <laughs> trying, trying to, just, just trying to find any kind of like sliver of opening to launch up a crazy-ass three. And it had shades of that LeBron 48 special, like with the way LeBron was just taking these terrible, terrible shots, like forcing these terrible shots and then just draining them. Yeah. Like that was the last time I'd seen something like that and was expecting it to go in. Uh, that was just that was just awesome. Um, you know, it was a great play he made though. Is yeah. I think evidence that he's not just a chucker is during that stretch he had the the pump fake where he drove into the lane and then dished for the alley oop. I think to to TT. Yeah, um, yeah, and that and that got, that was one that, that was the that was the play that got LeBron off his seat. Yeah. Crazy. That yeah. Was, Awesome. So just go ahead. He's great. Uh, so just yes, more great. evidence of that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, speaking of LeBron, uh, quickly, I think he's the other key to that game one. Uh, you know, I mean, look, he, he played great game going up to uh, that point uh, when when uh, uh, Jr. went off, and then he came in to finish the game, and he nearly single handedly blew it because, as, uh, as Zach Lowe put it in his piece yesterday. Uh, he reverted to caveman one-on-five basketball because he just knew Millsap couldn't guard him. So, you know, yeah, he couldn't guard him, but he can apparently go LeBron into bad basketball decisions. Except he could, except he could guard him. That's what I never bought. It's, if he couldn't guard him, LeBron would have gotten by him, gotten to the rim, and done all the things that he was doing in the next game. He, he contained that. I thought that – That's true. That's true. Well, he, funnel, he funneled LeBron into help really expertly. I, I, I think – I mean, that was why LeBron was – and that's why LeBron kept doing it. I felt like. I mean, aside from the fact that, like, you know, Millsap was giving him a little shoulder in the chest here and there, which is, you know, great basketball on Millsap's part. He was, like, getting in LeBron's head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's, it's funny. Like, I have a lot of respect for Millsap. And we'll talk about what TT's done to him, I think, more in game, uh, when we recap game two. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, anyway, the point being, what I thought was what was promising, though, was immediately after the game, he was saying, you know, just like, you know, JR was saying the right things, he was saying, he was calling himself out. Yes. Saying he was, you know, you know, he's, and you know what? It didn't happen in game two. That was no. encouraging. He he played game two completely differently. No, I I like that a lot. He referred to it as nonsense. He took blame. Said I let them back into this game, which he did. That's exactly what he I did. was saying while I was That's watching exactly the true. game. Um, <laughs> I was really glad to see him take ownership of that and admit the mistake. And he did not make it again in in game two. Totally. And he uh, was great. He was great before that point. Before he started doing yeah. that in the fourth quarter, I was extremely happy with this game. He was brilliant that whole game, getting guys involved, scoring the same stuff he did in, he did in game two. Uh, of course, uh, uh, <laughs> he did have the dunk at the end, which was was just awesome. Uh, with Kyle Porter in the Tayshawn Prince role of cowering, yeah. the, the 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 business decision. Yes, <laughs> as as Grant Land called it. Yeah, <laughs> took really one look. It was like ah, I got to make a business decision. <laughs> Gotta think about the future. Um, <laughs> so can but, I call um, a couple other things that stood out for me in that game, Pat? Yeah, please, absolutely. Yeah, go, 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 go for it. So, so one is Jr. got a lot of attention, and he should have. Um, I don't think it was an outlier game for us from a three-point perspective because if you, while Jr. was on fire, I'm looking at the box score: Shumpert over three from three, Jones over three, yeah. Ellie over four, LeBron over one. As a team, we just shot 38.5%, which is about what I expect Good. us to shoot. So JR went nuts, and I think Blatt said this after the game. Uh, JR had an outlier game, but the game before, game six against the Bulls, Delhi had had an outlier game. And as long as enough of those guys are stepping up and everybody's mm-hmm. doing what they're supposed to do outside of that, it works. Um, yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't feel like – it gave me confidence right after that game that this wasn't just a – that went right, but a lot of other things went wrong, and I felt like they would balance out. And they, we'll talk about game two. They did. Um, yeah, exactly. The odds, the odds tend to, you know, I said, the odds tend to balance out, uh, regression to the mean, and all that. But our mean has a, a bunch of guys in this roster who can get hot and drain a bunch of threes. So that's yeah, a nice consistency to have. If one guy's being shut down or one guy's having an off night, there's at least three other guys that might get hot. So yeah, 
That's that's and that's sustainable. The the rebounding, this is not a secret. You hear everybody talking about this, but we are just killing them on killing the board. It's just yeah, wow. That's that's it, that and three point shooting are the two differences in the series right now. Because the the overall the Hawks are shooting about what the Cavs have shot uh, in terms of overall field goal percentage. We're just they've been terrible from three point range, and we are murdering them on the boards. Yeah, um, that's, that's 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 the series. Simple, in a that's the series. And a lot of now a lot of the, the Hawks bad shooting. Some of it is then 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 just missing shots. Uh, but mm-hmm. I actually think we've done a really nice a nice job on on Corver. He started to get off a little in game two, but done a really nice job. Um, just not letting them have not letting the guys we don't want to have open threes have open threes. Yeah, and it's funny. Zach Lowe was talking about um, how much he loved our defensive plan that we were just daring them to shoot jumpers, even though like which sounds crazy because they're a great jump shooting team. Like I I've, I saw some stats somewhere where they like. They averaged uh, 1.05 points on jump shots in the regular season yeah. per, per possession. It's fucking good. Uh, but I think know, a lot of that is predicated on the motion offense and getting people in the right spots and, um, and, hit, and hitting getting it in rhythm and, and then hitting them, and we're, we're really taking them out of that game. Absolutely. Uh, very impressive defensive game plan from the Cavs and very well executed. Yeah. And totally unexpected. Uh, I'm not totally unexpected. The fun thing is, like, even watching the first two rounds of the playoffs, you would watch the Cavs go through these bursts like this, but they would have those lapses in concentration that would, like, let the team go off on a uh, – let, let the, they would let the Bulls go off. <laughs> the Bulls yeah. and their offense go off on, like, a 20-0 run. Yeah. Uh, you know, that could happen at any point. So it's, it's sort of incredible how much more focus they've gotten. But I guess not that surprising that, you know, repetition. It's like this is the, this is the third series they're in now. So it makes yeah. sense that they're sort of starting to lock down and, and uh, be consistent. Um. All right. If you uh, anything else you want to uh, share on game one before we move on? No, we can we can keep going. Uh. uh but I, one more thing. I think uh, I'd like to start uh, a, a new series that you proposed uh, called "What the Ref." Uh, yes. What's the What's the right cadence? Is what the ref? Like uh, what the ref? What the ref? Sorry, let's get that better this time. What the ref? What the ref? Uh, a special what the ref on uh, moving screens. Uh, and this is more evident in game one than game two. Um, just to set up the segment a little bit, uh, the segment is explicitly not to complain about getting hosed by the refs, as I love to do and as my dad loves to do, uh, but, but rather just to point out the huge problem for both teams when refs are inconsistent about applying the rules. Uh, it's sort of like an umpire strike zone. It's not about the exact strike zone that matters as much as the consistency of the calls. Yes. Um, and look, I, 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 I love to bitch about refs. I, I've tried to, to hold myself back. Uh, my sister Katie... Uh, <laughs> has gotten so consistent watching Browns games uh, uh, to saying this game is fixed and the mafia. She said it once during a game because the Seattle Seahawks and we turned to her saying, like, what, the Seattle mafia? Just <laughs> <laughs> making this game? Um, but anyway, getting, getting to this week's uh, illegal screen, uh, what the ref uh, um, concept, the Hawks got called for four illegal screens, I think, is what I heard uh, in game one. And there's a lot of chatter in my Twitter feed about this being ridiculous. Uh, and that the general sentiments being that players are working too hard in the playoffs to make such ticky-tack calls. Uh, but here's the problem. The way the Hawks were setting screens throughout every single possession, you might as well at all if you're not going to call that. If this is not like they didn't have their feet set or they were leaning a little bit. They were literally moving left to right five steps at a time with their hands out holding people. Yeah. <laughs> these, were, these were very egregious moving picks. You couldn't have a more textbook violation of the rule like an in-your-face aggressive violation of the rule. Um, Actually, Pat, I think you could have a more aggressive in-your-face <laughs> violation of the rule, and it's what Joe Kim Noah did throughout the entirety of the last series, which is where, why this is already sticking in my craw and why I wanted to raise it. Is his picks were un- unbelievably illegal, uh, transparently so. He was moving actively around somebody as they tried to, to get around him and grabbing them with his hands. And what's so galling to me about this is that at the beginning of the season and even through, I think, through the All-Star game, they really were calling picks. That was like there's always point of emphasis calls that the refs yeah. are supposed to be focusing on every year, and that was one of them this year. And they really mm-hmm. called a ton of them. Um, the Cavs certainly were called for them, but not, not in a, uh, an inappropriate way. There was just a consistent yeah. call that was made. And that just has gone out the window in the playoffs. I think I'm especially Ooh. sensitive to it. Because calling back to the '09 series against the Magic, yes. <laughs> yes. they set 
crazy illegal screens that freed up their guys for three-point shots that really hurt us. So this is a long-standing gripe of mine, and it, it I was really upset about it in the Bulls series, and it was so weird to see it called like that uh, against Millsap in particular, right? He had two or three called on him in the in game one, um, which I agree with you. They were egregious, but why why now? is something I don't understand, and I can understand why Hawks fans would be upset about it too. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, to be clear, I'm not saying the Hawks were getting away with it, you know, before because I mean, the thing is, every single possession they were doing that, they got called four times, uh, uh, you know, and those were, those were obviously very key possessions they got called, but they also got a ton of points off those illegal screens throughout the game. And I'm not saying the Hawks were getting away with it, so to speak. They were taking advantage of the way the refs were calling it. Like they were, in they were intentionally setting illegal screens because they knew they weren't going to be called. Right. And I saw a bunch of you know smart writers in my Twitter feed saying, "Look, screens aren't going to be called, you know, in the playoffs, so it makes sense to do it that way." Um, game, the Cavs just need to start running more moving picks. We need to start setting illegal screens to get our guys open. I was going to say, uh, I don't think we yeah. take advantage of it hardly at all. We don't, and until we do, we're t we're at a disadvantage. Um, so, yeah, but the, but here's but here again. Getting back to things, um, uh, I get why the Hawks were frustrated because they started out not calling those picks at all, letting them do it. So no wonder the Hawks are upset those four turnovers. They're like, oh, what, now you're calling it? But oh, yeah. you said that was, you know, if that was illegal, what was wrong with that other pick? You know, or, 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 or sorry, if, if those picks were illegal, then what was wrong with this? Um, so, like, you know, I, I think it goes both ways. But at the same time, uh, I just think it's bad for basketball, even in the playoffs, to allow people to cheat that brazenly. Like, yeah, I get, I get not calling – the leaning shoulder, which they call in the regular season all the time. If you lean in to lean to try and catch a guy, right? Slow him down. Yeah. Uh, or, or if your feet aren't entirely set, like they, they call it like a, like a charge a little bit, you have to have your feet set to mm -hmm. set the pick, you know? So if you set, if you set the pick uh, too early and the guy is able to run around and you can't move to, to, to block him, like I get not calling that. I get that. But you, if you're not going to call it when these guys are literally running with the guy, I mean, they, they, during the games, even yesterday, there were shots where a guy was screening the guy, literally holding his arms out. And the guy was trying to get around like a wrestler. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was like a wrestling match. He was like holding him in place. Like apparently, you can also hold guys. That, that also happened in the Orlando series in '09. They would not just uh, set moving picks, but they would also grab guys' jerseys to slow them down, mm -hmm. which was so frustrating. That they weren't calling that, but um, but yeah, I mean, is, is it too much to ask refs to consistently call the egregious moving picks really early in the game to set the tone? Is that too much to ask? Uh, I, I, apparently, it is. And apparently. I think. Apparently. I have been disappointed by the officiating. And now this is not, I will take off my Homer cap because this is just yes. all the, the non-Cav series that I've watched. I think the officiating has been bad. I mean, it's easy to gripe about NBA officiating. It's bad. Everybody likes to do it. It's been really <laughs> yeah. bad this year. Yep. Really yeah, bad. I, I, I agree. I feel like it's been exceptionally bad, but um, I haven't done an analysis like, oh, God. <laughs> one last thing before I go. Uh, one thing we're at least we're not doing, I, I, I read, I think it was on SB Nation, uh, uh, a bloggable uh, uh, after game four, game five, literally did a breakdown of every bad call in the game from a homer's perspective. <laughs> it was, uh, I mean, I, I looked at it, I saw it, I just scanned, I just scrolled through it. It was so, it was so long. This guy wasted an entire day of his life from a uh, homer's perspective uh, when those calls were just bad all around for both teams. Yeah. Uh, um, so as I said, I, I, I often say to you, I feel like I'm, I'm a little too obsessed with the Cavs. I fall, I spend too much time reading. That made me feel a lot better about, <laughs> about my life choices. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, let's move on to game two, or as I like to call it, or I hope, to, hope we will be calling it uh, 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 next time we talk, uh, Ender's game. Um, what were the, what were the big keys of that game, uh, for you? So, you know, this is, this sort of touches on what we talked about in game one, right? It was the same thing. We yep. killed them on the boards again. Mm -hmm. Um, we shot, we shot a little better from three point range. We were 38 and a half from the first game. We were 40% last time. They were a little better this game, but still only 23%. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. so held down their three point shooting well and murdered them on the boards. And that is the game, well, my friends. LeBron was well, fantastic. Didn't do the nonsense mm -hmm. he did at uh, the end of the last game. Was you know this is you can read this in all the coverage of it, right? He got himself going early, then spent the second and third quarters just dishing assists uh, yeah, all and, over and, the place. Guys knocked down shots. It and it's funny the uh, the TNT crew was saying like you know why are you double teaming them? Why are you double teaming them? It's like well because he scored this crap out of them in the first quarter, so. The they start alone. He's just going 
Oh yeah, and the, guys. and the one guy um, they have on that team that could guard him was hobbling around out there, admirably, but yeah, hobbling. Yeah, and let's and let's talk about that for a second. I mean, how on earth did Carroll play that game? That did not seem like a wise decision for his career. I mean, no, our our the the sports orthopedist in our group of friends, Doctor Massini, uh, immediately Dr. said Massini. he was going to be out for the playoffs based on what he'd seen there. I was I was shocked that he was back for the game. Shocked. He played the most minutes on the team. Did he really? Jeez. Yeah, he played 34 minutes. Next oh highest God. was Corver at 32, who also got That was a whole weird thing. Um, I thought that Budenholzer was doing that game. Was he played, you know, the, the Hawks bench is notoriously bad, right? The starting five is really good. And I feel like any lineups where they start to get their bench involved get just progressively and progressively worse. And he was subbing yeah, metrics- guys out really early in that game. And I was I follow somebody on Twitter – can't remember who it was. Ethan Strauss, maybe, who said he's saving them, yeah, yeah. saving them for the fourth quarter. He thinks it's going to be tight down the stretch. The Cavs will get tired because their bench is so thin, and his starters will have a lot of energy. But that was the plan. Bad plan, man. Backfired. Yeah, bad, bad plan. Uh, speaking, speaking of Coach Bud, I saw somebody the other day do a a, a great Coach Bud lookalike. Uh, Gil from The Simpsons. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, Gil, I just got need this job. He looks uh, like that in this series too. Just no answers. Everything he's trying is not working. He's got a flop sweat on him constantly. And the way he talks, he's got the kind of strangled voice a little bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's a little more successful than Gil. Let's be honest. Uh, but, but that was that was a pretty mean uh, comparison. But but it was hard not to see it. Um, but yeah, seriously, the metrics support this too. Like, I mean, the, the Hawks starting five. Uh, uh, net rating is like world beater good. It's mm-hmm. crazy, uh, and but they only play. They don't, they don't play a lot of minutes together, which is also crazy. Now it seems uh, really weird to me. It's a playoffs. It's a must win game. If you're the Hawks, yeah. you don't want to go down totally. to whatever's going on with the other team, and to not have your guys play those kind of minutes is weird. Very weird to me. No, and, and then here's the other thing that was stood out to me. And, and jump in if you have something else to, that stands out to you, but. You you told me early on. Uh, you texted the whole, the whole all, all of our friends early on. Kyrie's out. Damari Carroll's in. There, we have no business winning this game. We have no business winning this game. I, I kept texting you guys. We're up five points. I have absolutely no idea how. I mean, the answer is defense, but like it just felt weird. Like we didn't look like we were winning. No, it was so <laughs> those lineups they had in when LeBron rested. I was were so weird. <laughs> it's like I said. I was like, I feel like the 2012 Cavs have teleported into the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, oh, it was <laughs> just, <laughs> just bizarre. I was expecting Absolutely to see Byron. Bizarre. I was expecting to see Byron Scott in the sidelines with his arms folded, scowling. Yeah, thinking about playing golf. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my God! It was it I was mean, really the, impressive. I thought even I, even after the first half, I figured that the Hawks were going to catch fire and uh, come back, and we just were not going to have the firepower to keep up with them, and boy, was I wrong. I just uh, that's, that's the most impressive win I think I've seen in the LeBron era, honestly. Ab- absolutely. Before, absolutely. Early, I, or late, so early period or late period, whatever, whatever time he's been with the Cavs, uh, that group of players to play like that and totally dominate that Hawks team was – I mean, that's definitely a signature Incredible. performance by him. Uh, uh, yeah. Having, 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 uh, it was great also that game, uh, having him mic the whole game. You could just like, you get such an appreciation for how goddamn smart he is. And it's just like, it also makes it ridiculous the whole LeBron calls plays. Well, fucking yeah. He, of I mean, course. Of course the he best does. Person in the world, I would want that guy calling plays in the court. Yeah. That guy sees shit. Like, uh, and Jason Lloyd was talking about this too, about how like LeBron can see things, you know, and Blatt said after the post game saying LeBron can see, see things ahead of time. Everyone's joking, oh, LeBron's a clairvoyant. No, no, no. LeBron sees how they're defending him and goes, oh, this play's going to work. <laughs> and he'll do yeah. it. He'll say, like, I'm going to get Mozgov on this lob jam next, next time on the court. And he does it. You know, like, he, yeah. He, it, 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 look, it, it, comes, it becomes his detriment sometimes, too. I think when you see him uh, pounding the ball too much or making these bad passes, bad plays, that's where he thinks he sees something and doesn't, you know. And I think that's. That's what that is when he does that. But man, when he's got when he's when he's on mentally, it's it's a sight to see. But yeah, I mean, so impressive, so impressive. Um, and uh, well, I, the other the other star performer here is TT. Mm, mm. Who, d- despite his uh, his troubles from the line, which actually made the game a little bit closer in the first half than it should have been. We should have I don't know two or three more points then. Um, yeah. ch- 
so nasty on the boards and his defense on he's completely outplayed Paul Millsap throughout the series. Oh, unbelievable uh, too. Shut him down. The, the block on Bazemore was awesome. So uh, good. And everybody recognized immediately that it was a clean block too, that Weber went so nuts well, watching it was 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 very satisfying. His, Tristan's uh, reaction <laughs> to yeah. the bad foul call was so perfect. The instant with the foul was called, he just turned, raised his hand up to the fans, and smiled like, you know that was the fucking best block you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just walked around, smiled, and was like, no big deal. Uh, it was great. Uh, I mean, look, I, I mean, it helps when you're up that big uh, to smile about it, but <laughs> that was a great reaction. It sort, of, it sort of reminds me about how he was reacting when he was getting those cheap shots at the end of the of game six against the Bulls. He just got right up. You know, first he got upset, and he got right up and said, no, nope, go play basketball. Let's go yeah. play basketball. Now, his attitude is great. I, I just great. I saw this, too. Someone was talking to me. I think it, was, it may have been Jason Lloyd again, pointing out how much more communicative uh, Tristan has been uh, uh, yeah. in the backcourt. That, that was in a way that uh, he hasn't been uh, before, which I didn't know. But uh, it's just I mean, because that's what defense is. Defense is, is constantly calling, talking, shifting, because mm-hmm. you don't have eyes in the back of your head, but your teammates do. And when you're watching more than just your guy, that's, you know, as a team, you then got like, you know, 10 eyes on the court. It's great. So, uh, yeah, defense, uh, Shump, which we haven't, you know, we, we played him at the top to honor him, but we didn't talk about him enough. I mean, his clutch shooting, his defense, uh, I mean, he's, he's, every, it's fine. He's, he's, he's great. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, I shump him so much. Yeah, it, it's so funny to think about this team, right? Like at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't have been shocked if he told me the Cavs were in the Eastern Conference Finals and up 2-0. But if he told me they were doing yeah. it with no love, no Kyrie, um, and a, and defense first, basically, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't believe you. I wouldn't believe it either. Going into the season with all of our guys, my attitude going in was. Um, uh, if we don't make the Eastern Conference Finals, it is uh, a huge failure and terrible. Uh, I don't think I don't think that's a problem. I think we're going to make we are going to make it, but you know we could we we could always choke. We could always choke the Bulls. Um, but you know with the Hawks, I'm pre- pretty sure we're going to beat them with our full sort with our full sort. I'm talking about with Love and Kyrie and LeBron. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we're going to beat them. But I could also see like I, I you know I I need to see us play them well. I I, I wasn't sure we could actually beat a team. I started playing in the playoffs in the Bulls, so that was you know. Uh, that, that changed things a bit too, um, and, you know, and I always thought, you know, uh, finals time or whatever. I'm not gonna talk about finals. We'll, we'll, we'll worry about that when we get to it, um, if we get to it. Uh, which I don't know. It's, it's feeling less and less like an if at this point. But I'm a Cleveland fan, so yeah. I'm let's always, not let's not jinx this. I, I, I no, I'm not. I, I, I'm always prepared for us to blow it. Uh, and we'll, I'll talk about that more when we when we preview games uh, three and four. Um, but let's let's move on from game two before we get to the preview. Uh, there's a couple more things I want to talk about. Uh, oh wait, one 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 thing, Pat. Oh, that, oh, go ahead. Yeah, one more that's, that's worth pointing out that was so weird, uh, and I think I saw a gif of this in somebody's recap of the game was uh, when LeBron sort of went haywire at the end of the third quarter. Um, they had blocked, oh, yeah, I think James Jones blocked the shot that was after the buzzer, and then LeBron sort yeah. of took it and smacked it against the board and grabbed it and smacked it against the. It was. It was, it was like this volleyball against the glass. It was so crazy. It was very uh, KG-esque. Yeah, really. And I think it was just that he was so amped up and excited yeah. about their defense in the game that he just went bonkers. And that was really I, exciting I, to I, see. I absolutely agree. Because also, like, a, a couple minutes earlier was that awesome T, uh, TT block that got called a foul yeah. that you know, everyone's going crazy about. Uh, and, and I could be wrong. I feel like he also – no, no. I feel like that, that monster block on a, on a Millsap post-up was earlier in the game. I can't remember. Yeah, it was earlier. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that was earlier. Was earlier. Yeah. Still, but still, yeah, I, I, Just, I loved it. I loved it. It's great to see him because this was the criticism of him throughout the year, right? That he was in, uh, what did he call his his mode? Chill mode. Chill mode. Chill mode. And yeah, uh, yeah, chill not mode. totally engaged. And he took a lot of crap for that. And I, I get why. Um, on the other hand, if he was in chill mode throughout the season so that he could be in this mode now, then it's mm-hmm. the right call. It's no different than – Pop having so many Spurs, Spurs yeah. games throughout the year so that they have it now. This is when it counts. And if he's going to play like this and be able to go so berserk, then absolutely, I am, absolutely. I am all for it. It was great to see. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um, all right, moving on uh, to uh, this piece that you uh, pointed out to me that I, I had missed. Uh, uh, it was a great piece in, in Grantland on uh, Timofey Mozgov. 
a uh, little profile on him, which again, I'll post uh, in the comment section beneath our uh, podcast. Um, this was just a fantastic piece, man. Why, why don't you start? Cause uh, uh, you, you found this first. I loved it. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for people. They should go read it. It he is Mozgov is a character. Um, we <laughs> talked about yeah. we talked about players' wives last year, last week, yeah, they, or last week that he got married uh, to a Russian woman at a drive-through chapel in Las Vegas. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's got a like a clown school Instagram account, and then the stories about him growing up. His dad was like a really uh, good professional handball, handball player. That's right. And Mozgov, which is sort of common. I think Dirk Nowitzki's dad was a really good handball player too. Huh. Um, that's just something uh, we, uh, we uh, Becca, in America. Interesting note, Becca's, uh, Becca's grandpa, uh, uh, or Becca's mother's grandfather, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Murray Friedman was a uh, big-time handball player on the courts of uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. Fair. Oh, I just uh, don't understand that sport. But anyway, <laughs> so many great quotes. I, I said we should just each pick out one or two that we liked, Pat. Um, you go my first. first one is, is early on uh, in his life, when he's just uh, figuring out that maybe he should play basketball because he's starting to get a little tall. Uh, they say before long, he realized his life would be basketball or bust. Quote from Mozgov, mm -hmm. I didn't do shit in school. I was so bad. <laughs> I was so bad. <laughs> I love oh. the idea of picturing him in a classroom, just getting agitated, having no idea what to do, sitting in a desk that's way too small for him breaking everything that he touches uh, <laughs> so funny to me what was that cardell jones tweet that got him in trouble the first one oh i didn't come here yeah, to play I, school i came here to play I football <laughs> i feel like that's going through his mind yeah Moscow didn't come here to play school he came here to play basketball here. And then the, my other favorite, um, unless you have one that you've got teed up. No, no, you go, you go first. I want to make, make sure I don't cover yours. Go, go, go with yours. My other favorite is that, so they tell the story, he went to play basketball, and then his family moved for a little bit, uh, and he grew up uh, a little more, and then came back to St. Peter's, Petersburg to play at their Olympic school. And coaches who hadn't seen Mozgov since he departed hardly recognized him. One said, this is Mozgov? He was small as fuck two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Which... Oh, I love I love the casual swearing. I feel less bad about how often I dropped f bombs in the first podcast. Although I, no, I I've, 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 I've cleaned cleaned my mouth a little bit. Uh, you fit right into the the Russian basketball program. Pat. <laughs> I should do a I, 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 I should do a blast sabbatical. A, a blatical. A sabbatical. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> uh, uh, the ones that caught me, I, I'm going to go to my third one first because it, it just re it reminds me of the Russia stuff. Uh, so I, they talk about his, the Brew Garden commercials he, he did, which if, you, <laughs> if anyone hasn't seen them yet, I mean, you, you just have to see these. Uh, uh, the, 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 the commercials has him standing in front of a plate of food. <laughs> he just th throws them off the, the, the table and says, get that weak stuff out of here. Uh, and then goes through his spiel. Uh, uh, but apparently uh, Brew Garden's Liz Haynes, the... Uh, I don't know, well-endowed waitress that was in the second ad that they did together. Uh, her quote of him was, he was really hungry. He kept eating all the food and apologizing for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, the picture I have is, is it like the secret to Timo is that he lives life and plays basketball like he might be sent back to Russia at a moment's yes. notice. Yes. <laughs> There's a gulag waiting for him somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I know he was at home all the time, but it's like he thinks someone might take it all away from him in a flash. Yes. Food. I, <laughs> it might not be here in five seconds. Oh, it's so good. There's so many other good quotes. Uh, I, I would read them both, but you know what? Honestly, just, just read the damn thing. They're, they're so good. Um, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll do one more. David Griffin quoting LeBron when they all met Timo Frey Mosgov for the first time. He says, Timo walked in and everyone stood straight up. And LeBron's like, that's a big motherfucker. <laughs> That's a great compliment. Uh, um, all right, briefly before we get the preview, I had one quick thing I want to uh, clear off the deck. One thing that's on my mind. I've been seeing a lot of like random tweets, not from people I respect, but people are saying it. A lot of chatter saying, boy, man, we are really better off of TT instead of uh, Kevin Love. Um, and I just, just stop it. Uh, right? Am I right? Yeah. Stop it. It's, stop this it. is ridiculous. Stop it. It's not TT either is, or. It's not either or. TT uh, 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 is fucking awesome, but Love is a max player. I mean, for God's sake, I mean, I, I, uh, we got criticized for this uh, 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 last week when I mentioned that TT uh, might be a max player. I'm not saying he is a max player, 
but there are people who are saying he might get a max offer from the Cavs. I, you know, I agree. There's, there's no, there's, he's got leverage now with this playoffs, but he doesn't have a lot of leverage because no one else is, I don't think, is offering a max contract. And also, if they do, fine. They offer a max contract, then we can match it, and we're set. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, but whatever. Uh, uh, the point being, we still really need Kevin Love. TT will not replace Kevin Love. They are compliments. We need his floor spacing. God damn it, I am still so fucking pissed at Kelly Olnick, that motherfucker. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, how well we're playing right now. How well we're playing right now with fucking Kevin Love. Oh, my God. It's so fucking I agree hard. with you. I agree with you. It is not too far removed. TT is better than Matthew Dellavedova, but it is not too far removed <laughs> from saying, hey, we've got Deli. We will, we'll, let's just really maybe we Kyrie. trade Kyrie for something else, right? Like, that's, yeah. 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 No. TT is, is, a very, is a very great one-dimensional or two-dimensional player, right? You know, he's not like a, he's not a three-dimensional guy like Kevin Love who can rebound, shoot, and post up. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, but also just by the way, just before we go, assuming Gilbert signs off on the tax bill and Love resigns with this, I mean, can you imagine this front court next season? Kevin Love, Timo Mozgov, Tristan Thompson, and Anderson Verizal. Love it. <laughs> I love all, it. All, all your rebounds all belong to us. Yeah, it <laughs> I is. Don't, I, don't, I don't know how we lose the rebounding battle with those four guys. Um, all right, so. Uh, let's move on to the final uh, part of this. Let's see if anything else to add to that uh, brief, uh, brief interlude. Uh, um, no, I think that's it. It was, you know, what the one thing on while we're talking about Mozzie, it was nice to see his jump shot start falling in game two. That yeah. was something he'd shown flashes of when he first came to the Cavs, and had sort of gone away from it and had looked awful in the playoffs yeah. prior to this. He was missing and missing badly. Um, so if he can, you know, if he can drop in a couple jump shots a game, that's. Good for us, just good for points. We still yeah, points yeah, are hard to come by for us, and whatever yeah. we can squeeze out of him is really helpful. And if that's a couple, couple fifteen footers a game, that's really great. Very, very big Z esque, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Very nice. Um, all right, so game three and four. Game three is Sunday night tomorrow, eight thirty p.m. I think the big, big question, the really the only question for the remainder of the series at this point, especially with the terrible news that Corver's out. Um, uh, is do we sit Kyrie for the rest of the series? Um, I don't even know if it's a choice. It doesn't look like he's healthy enough to play, uh, and I feel like we kind of. I don't. I don't. Think, I honestly don't. I don't know if it's a choice. I think we ought to just. Uh, I think they have to just sit him the rest of the series. Yeah, this this gets into some weird stuff that I don't. I'm not uh, equipped to fully answer here, which is mm-hmm. like the the team aspect of playing through injury. Right, you yeah. hear if you listen to Jalen Rose ever, he talks a lot about this. Right, like you just gotta, you're hurt being hurt versus being injured, and what you can play through, and you need to gut through that, and your teammates expect you to go through that stuff. And I, I intellectually, I guess I understand that, but I don't, I don't fully know where Kyrie is in that cycle. I don't know how his teammates feel about it. I don't. The feeling I get is not that guys are like he's being a huge wimp and not gutting this out. I think he's done that throughout the Bulls series and, and the first game here. And it seems like it's just reached a point where it's it's too much. And on top of that, he's a, there's nobody to hide him, at least previously. Maybe that might change now. But there wasn't a good place to hide him against the Hawks on defense. No, and they exactly. went small with that Schroeder and, and Teague backcourt where either of those guys were getting by him no problem. And even chasing – Corver around all those screens, that would be the first place you'd hide him, and you can't do that. He was really a liability. I think that's one of the reasons they sat him at the end of game one. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't. Yeah. They couldn't play much. So whatever it is, if it's he's really too hurt to play or he's just so hurt that his play is compromised enough that it's not worthwhile, I'm, I listen, we, t- we talked about being Cavs fans and how nerve-wracking that is, and I'm I am <laughs> – neurotic enough that I worry when we get up 3-0 in a series that it's going to we're going to be the the first team to ever lose having been up 3-0 in a series that that is our fate that's the kind of thing that would happen to us so that's how yeah. deep and pathological my issues are um yeah. with court I think you got to think about it now I don't I don't think you play him tomorrow night uh I, yeah I, I'm with you I think only because the biggest reason being I, I just I've seen what he can offer out there even before his injured knee if all they can really offer us is spot up threes, <laughs> that's 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 pretty much it right now. You can't play defense. You can't really penetrate the defense that that effectively. Uh, yeah. And when he, pen, when he penetrates, whenever he penetrates the defense, he's putting his knee at more risk. 
if all you do is spot, offer spot up threes, you know, James Jones can do that. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I love Kyrie, but I think we got to sit him. Uh, we can't really think about playing him until, you know, uh, it gets to, you know, an elimination game uh, if it comes to that in the series somehow. I think, I think we have to try and uh, rest him up some more. Because playing him now, anyways, is going to be—you'll get—you'll get half of Kyrie. I feel like every day that goes by, you get more of Kyrie when you need him. Right. So being up 2-0 um, at home with a formula with the with the Hawks as wounded as we are, uh, I think we got to like our chances of being able to close this thing out uh, without Kyrie and hope that he gets right in time for the finals. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it makes me nervous. I got to say, it makes me nervous. The the mm. you know Charles Barkley yes. going yes. into the 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 visiting locker room after the game and telling the last reporter on to turn out the lights because they're not coming back. <laughs> yeah. just, just, I mean, I, I was just I had this in my notes. I had this in my notes too. He he also was punking ATL fans. He was talking he, every Phillips Arena worker he saw uh, as he's walking out. He would say, "See ya, not seeing you next year." Like, it just just so he was going out of his way to troll ATL fans. Uh, I mean, he's also doing his best to jinx us. So thank you, Charles. Fuck you. Yeah, that's uh, stuff. I hear it, and, and listen, everything points to that, right? The Cavs have, have yep. more or less dominated these first two games. Mm-hmm. The Hawks are – the Cavs are certainly banged up, but have shown they can deal with it. The Hawks are, are starting to miss some critical pieces here. Um, I'm yeah, still never, I, I still feel like the Hawks – just what we talked about in the last podcast, Pat, before this series, that they, mm-hmm. they're they capable of playing at a really high level. And maybe it's just that the Cavs' defense is, is so good that it stopped them, but I feel like they could – Go nuts from three pointers per game and and uh, get their act together. And our offense is still really capable of drying up and being nothing mm-hmm. for a little bit. And um, so I'm still nervous. It'd be foolish yeah. to say that the you think the Cavs are going to lose this series at this point. Um, and I do think it's probably the smart thing to sit Kyrie and if you can get him to two full weeks of rest before the finals start, that's that's a great thing. Um, but there's also, you know, there's that little part of me, Pat, that's that's a that's a Clevelander that is waiting for the only in Cleveland thing to happen here. Yeah. Uh, so I, I will I, always be on guard against that. That said, I'm willing to put it in its place and 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 do what seems like the smart thing here, which is try to cut one this way. They that second game was basically Kyrie insurance, right? You have a game to right. screw around with at home. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean. The risk, of course, is you know, say we sit Kyrie and, and and it gets them going, and they win a couple of games, and then by the time we bring Kyrie back to stop the bleeding, they're they're feeling it now and they're playing well. So like, I get that that's the risk, but my, but my problem is, this is why I still have to sit Kyrie. It's not about a let's just try and steal another game with Kyrie. It's like I'm sorry, I don't think that we're better with Kyrie on the court. If in game right, one, right, right, right. You know, I think I think he's just not. He can't he can't play the level. He, I mean, for example, I, I don't even know that that the Hawks should be putting Demar Carroll out there. I don't think Demar Carroll was doing them any favors. Um, I mean, maybe he was with the metrics. I don't know, but I, I was watching him out there, and I was like, "This guy can't do it." He's it just like Kyrie. He's, he's got to adjust his three-point shot because he doesn't have lift on his knee anymore. Mm-hmm. It feels funny. He's playing. He's playing weird because you know his knees fucked up. Um, he's he shouldn't be playing. I feel like Kyrie shouldn't be playing. They just got to get right, uh, and both teams just got to kind of gut it out. Um, but here, here are the notes that I left before I realized that uh, Kyle Korver was out too, which definitely um, uh, makes it a steeper hill for the Hawks to climb. But here's why I don't think a sweep is guaranteed. I mean, all of the things that we're saying right now about the Cavs over the Hawks could have been said about the Houston Rockets in round two uh, with the Clippers. I mean, they were beaten by the Clippers without Chris Paul, almost lost a second game without Chris Paul. Yeah. Right. Uh, they, all, they almost went down 2-0 uh, 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 at home. Against a clip of Chris Paul as Clippers, and the Clippers only have like a six-man rotation. Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> still in Yeah, exactly. Um, and they were down three-one. No one gave them a chance. They were down nearly twenty points in, three, in the third quarter of an elimination game. I went to sleep looking forward to a Clips uh, Warriors Armageddon series in the uh, WCF. Uh, sounds like what West? That sounds like uh, a World Championship Wrestling. Yeah, for sure it does. <laughs> Sorry, uh, and, but, but then Josh Smith goes off a step back three as well. James Harden sat out. Against mm-hmm. six Clippers rotation, like that makes no sense on any planet of basketball <laughs> that that happened, and then the Clips were done in Game Seven. Uh, I mean, that can happen. Uh, I mean, I I felt it stronger when you know Corbett was still there, but like these guys can get really crazy hot 
and we don't have enough offense really to, to keep up with it if they, if they go Nova on our defense. Because we are – look, our defense is predicated on giving them those jumpers, right? Yes. And, let it, and, li- and living with it. If they start nailing those, getting super hot, yeah, they'll, they'll beat us. Uh, I could see us easily losing at least a game. Uh, 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 and I don't think it's a guarantee that it's a sweep, but we certainly do have it in us to pull, pull off a sweep naturally, uh, as everyone's saying. Um, the second reason why a sweep is not guaranteed is um, Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. ne- never forget. Uh, uh, Major League Two was a terrible movie and a terrible sequel. Um, but it's not for nothing that its climactic storyline was the tribe taking a 3-0 lead in the ALCS and then dropping the next three uh, to be on the uh, to be on the doorstep of an all-time epic. Yes. That was a very Cleveland storyline. You know, nothing. Can make it right around the corner, Pat. At all yep, times. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Defeat from the Jaws of victory. So I'm looking at the, um, the Hawks roster right now, though, and without Corver, they have an interesting decision to make, right? Yeah. Did they slot? Did they slot Bazemore? And assuming Carroll continues to go, and I yeah. guess that's, that's now they have to play him. Yeah. Forward, yeah. Do they slot Bazemore in at the shooting guard to start, or? And I think that this is what they might do: is play, uh, do the super small backcourt with Schroeder and Teague starting, and yeah. just see what kind of trouble that can give us. Sheldon was it Sheldon Mack that was playing when the Corver went out? Sheldon Mack. Sheldon Mack, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Sheldon Brown's what I'm thinking of. Anyway, Sheldon Mack. Sheldon Mack played pretty well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had that nice. Uh, he had that nice clever drive deep into the baskets. Uh, uh, let let Jarrett's momentum take him out of the play, and then just put up a layup. Mm-hmm. He, he played pretty well. So, um, and also, I, I, that's the other thing you have to underestimate is that the Hawks certainly feel like their backs against the wall in the same way that the Cavs did. Uh, in game four, I feel like. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, this, is a, this is a big test for them, right? This is... Yeah, they got to feel like, look, their season rests in this next game. No one's come back from 3-0, so they're just going to go all out in game three, and game three could decide. I, 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 I see the Hawks coming out um, and taking an early lead, and, and then we'll just see if the Cavs you know, can look, clamp down or if the Hawks can ride a positive wave out. That's, that's what, sort of what I see happening, but... Um, and I think I think we'll pull it out, but you know, Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, this it'll be really interesting. That small backcourt has the potential to give us a hard time. And that's and honestly, that's probably a reason, even more reason, to sit Kyrie if he can't, because yeah. uh, he cannot he stay in front of those two guys, and you need nope. Delhi nope. and Shump to try to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, and going back to my preseason keys to the series, which I think were less. Um, um, Sophisticated than yours, which were predicated on uh, uh, rebounding and three-point shooting. Uh, mine were again that we need either one of th- two or three things: LeBron or Kyrie going Nova, uh, the bench mob, someone on the bench mob going Nova, uh, or the playoff Hawks to show up. Um, mm-hmm. So far in these two games, you know, well, we're going to be gotten three or three, three or three, exactly, all three in all in all two games. So, yeah. uh, but honestly, it still only takes I think two or three uh, to win um, going out. Um, so. I like our chances. Yeah, I think you got to feel pretty good right now. I said Cavs in six. I don't. I don't think I want to pick a sweep, even though that seems most likely. So I think I'll. I'll revise the Cavs yeah. in five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said I said Cavs in six. The playoff Hawks showed up, and they've showed up so far. Um, but with also the injury, and also just just how we're playing. Uh, if we keep if we keep this up, that'll be a new, my new caveat. I like to give predictions with caveats, so I have an excuse when it goes wrong. Of course, that is the coward's If we way. keep this up, <laughs> well, I am nothing if not a playoff. I am nothing if not a playoff sports coward. Um, <laughs> if the Cavs keep this up, uh, yeah, I, I, I see us winning in five, which is uh, that that one game is for Cleveland. It's just Cleveland. Yes. <laughs> We're gonna drop one game because we're Cleveland. It's always good to bake that um, in the cake for us. Yeah, exactly. You gotta bake that in. We're gonna give up at least one game because Cleveland. <laughs> that was the bank shot game against the Bulls. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. All right. I think that uh, that's all I have to say. Uh, yeah. You? Nah, I think that's it. Things are are feeling good right now. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves and start thinking about the finals. We'll have time to do that if it comes. But uh, looking forward to a good next two games, and uh, maybe we'll plan to talk after that. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I think I think our next Maddie and Patty podcast should come after Game Four because uh, we'll either know, uh, we'll, we'll you know, there either will be some uh, adversity to face uh, by the Hawks, or we'll be talking about something else. So yeah, 
Uh, let's let's try and do this after game four, and we'll see where the Cavs are at. That sounds fantastic, Patty. All right. Well, we're coming in at a clean – I think we're at a clean hour here. Um, so fan time. I told you. No, yeah. no podcast under my watch is going to go under time. <laughs> no, there's no way. I will ensure that we go long. Uh, all right. That does it for the uh, Maddie and Patty podcast. The second episode is in the books. Number Until two. Until next time. Number two. Until next time, this is Maddie and Patty saying – <laughs> All right, see you, Maddie. Take care, buddy.